interrupt this program to bring you a special report. You are listening to the last art of podcasting. I feel like I should say something smart. I wedged it loose with my ass. I said, look at this motherfucker! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. Give me your shoe! If the stars had to sound, it would sound like this. What's up, Carnival Spirits? It's TJ, and I'm back on YouTube today, this Sunday, for a very special live stream. And I've got a special guest for you. Um, I'd like you guys to welcome uh, the one and only Coxie the Legend from across the ponds over in the UK. What up, Ninja? How's it going, man? It's going good. Um, I, I'm, I'm out of work. I got tomorrow off, so uh, that means I can stay up late tonight, and I'm going to see Justice League. And I'm really excited for it because I've just boned up on all the, you know, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman, and even Su- uh, Suicide Squad with that Ben Affleck cameo. So I have, you know, I, I'm like ready for the next chapter, and nice. I've heard good things. I've heard a lot of good things. Nice. Well, see, I'm I'm off tomorrow because I'm turning thirty. Tomorrow's my thirtieth birthday. Tomorrow. No shit. Tomorrow <laughs> is your thirtieth birthday. Well, happy right. fucking early birthday, Ninja! Holy shit! <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, I did actually notice that you were doing some sort of a pub crawl last night. Yeah, that was that was part of it because I had to see out my twenties in a way that felt right. So we had we did a pub crawl. All right. So what? what how many pubs are involved in, in a pub crawl <laughs> out a, in uh, in the UK? <laughs> well, we, we based this off the Simon Pegg film, The World's End. Yeah, with right. Simon Pegg, right? Yeah, we did like a Blackpool version though. So we picked out twelve pubs in the, in like our town centre and said, right, we're going to do these. So. And it just sort of culminated at this pub we go, well, it's like a bar we go to called Scrooge's, and we sort of finished there and then sort of called it night about midnight-ish. <laughs> it was like 12, 12 solid hours. We did like one pint per pub. Oh, man. Pub, so. pub crawls are fun. Uh, <laughs> I've, only ever, I've only ever done it once, and I don't need to, I don't need to uh, crawl pub to pub to get shit. <laughs> I, I mean... But it is fun. It was very mm. fun, though. I paid for it this morning when I went to do a um, charity, like, Santa Dash. It was like a two-mile... Well, it was meant you could run it or walk it, so I walked it. So just to... Try well, that's the shit. And, it, but... <laughs> you know, for your, for your 30th birthday, uh, yeah. the, you know, making a big celebration out of it and, and having fun with your friend, that's what it's all about. On my 30th birthday, my friends tried to throw me a surprise party, and it was an exclusive rap show where they actually invited uh, rappers from out of state, like friends of ours that that um, that traveled long distances, and a whole bunch of my friends all put on a like a show in, in a in like a private club of my uh, ex girlfriends. So and and then I got to like headline my own birthday party and rap, and 
Um, and I was, comp- I was shit faced and I was high <laughs> as hell and is like, just not the ideal, uh, conditions. You know, I'm like Jim Morrison up there in, in my, in my bad, in my bad years, you know, yeah. and, and I'm turning 30, like Jim Morrison didn't even make it to 30 guys. You know what I mean? He was dead by what? 27, 28. I'm yeah, celebrating my 30th birthday, birthday and I'm partying like a rock star. Okay, and I and there's footage of that performance. I have not even watched it. I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> but but you know my shit, man. You, you've uh, you've heard Dear Joe and Joey, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So how did you how did that come across uh, across your uh, I don't know your computer? Was it was it MySpace? It was going through MySpace on a, a, a group or something, or I think I possibly added you or something. Oh. Um, uh, well, I don't know which group was it. There was one of the groups on there, like the old MySpace group, some sort of Juggalo-related group or something, possibly. Or it was that. Or I think I added you because I saw other people adding you. And so I looked, but as I had the whole thing, I was going through looking for music, and I'd always go in the player and see what they had, see if there's any new stuff. And then I found yours. I was like, oh, he's doing his own shit. And it's like there's a song called Dear Joe and Joey. I was like, let's give that a listen. And it just sort of went from there. I was like, this track's awesome. <laughs> so that had to have been that had to have been like ten years ago. And and yeah, at that point, it, it was ten years ago, bro, because it's 2017 and I had only put Dear Joe and Joey on MySpace in like 2006, 2005, maybe. Maybe it was 2005. And yeah. so so that's twelve fucking years ago. That that's how <laughs> So it had to have been sometime in that window because by 2009, everybody had jumped ship and, yeah. and crossed over to Facebook. <laughs> I want to say it was, it was probably around 2006. So I remember, I'm sure I was in college when I heard it. Because I remember I had it on my MP3 player and everything at the time because I didn't have an iPod. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, have an iPod back then. I didn't either. I, I remember hearing it come out, I heard it on loop constantly, and it was one of those songs. I was like, "It's like this this guy's done a song about ICP." He's like, it was it was like, for me at the time. It was like this is something special, almost. It, to me, it's it's very special because it's an actual open letter. Like I'm 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 yeah. saying this shit, you know, from the heart, and and I put it out there, knowing damn well that the only people that would get it were juggalos. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't care if people hated it or if they confused by it or if they didn't like, like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like the beat. I don't like. It doesn't matter what your critique of it was because it's yeah. personal, you know. So yeah. I do, uh, I do love how it's, oh, it's brought me a, a lot of connections from a lot of dope juggalos from all over the place. You might be the most far away ninja that uh, that I've met because of that song. Well, I said, yeah, it's like, but I, I also remember with that, I. For some reason I was trying for ages to learn the lyrics and I was always trying to Google it and like find the lyrics and you didn't have the lyrics up anywhere. I do and though. So you do, do now, but before I do now. Before okay, but not then. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I actually went through one night. I was sat at home. I had like nothing to do. It was like all my friends were out, out of town and stuff. So just line by line listening listening to each line about four or five times and writing it down to see how how um near enough to the correctly I was and about I think month or so later you actually put lyrics up like from popular demand due to popular demand here's the actual lyrics to the song or something with 
a, a reason why this is there or something. I, I've done that to ICP songs. I I used to uh, try to figure out what they were saying in all the in the, the early albums back in the yeah. day. Um, but no, the the Dear Joe and Joey lyrics uh, have been up on uh, on blog. Uh, what, what's it called? Um, blogger. Yeah. Blogger. Uh, I have a Beastmaster blogger page, and there's a there's a post that has not just the uh, the lyrics, but also kind of like um, each each line of the song. There's another line underneath it that's like an explanation of that line. Yeah, that's the one. So, I remember like a reading it. This makes more sense now. <laughs> I put a lot of uh, I put I put I basically explained everything, like even the obvious stuff. You know, like if it was a reference to a song, I would say this is a reference to this song. And if you're a juggalo, yeah. you fucking know that already. But that the whole point is to like spell it out for, for everybody yeah. else. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's also uh, lyrics videos on YouTube now on Beastmaster YouTube. But um, <coughs> so you're you're turning thirty right now, okay? That so how long have you been listening to ICP, man? Let's see. I started back in. I f- heard them first in 1999, and as for most people, it was through wrestling. Because mm. I had, um, I saw them. I think I saw them on WWE Nitro at the time. That was around the time that Vampiro and that came in, and they brought out an album called WCW Mayhem: The Music. I did have it here somewhere. I think it's downstairs though. Um, and on that, there's Take It. But it's like an edited version, and uh, I always sort of listened to it. And I was like, I quite like this song. I want to hear more of these guys. And my brother used to get like wrestling magazines, and there's one, one of the magazines it was advertising, sort of advertising Amazing Jekyll Brothers, and that was like January '99, I want to say, because we went to Chicago. We flew over to see some friends in Chicago in February '99, and I was like going every every record store I could find to to find see try and find Jekyll Brothers, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So why? Devastated. Because it wasn't out yet, or because they didn't have them? It's, I don't think they had them. I was like just looking everywhere for like any just any sort of ICP album I could find, hmm. and that like nowhere seemed to have it in. So I was a bit gutted at the time because like our stores here, it's they were classed as either imports, they just didn't have it. And if you asked them to search for it, like, no, we never heard of that. Gonna have so to ask those uh, Chi Town juggalos what's up with that. You see, <laughs> I, I always was under the impression that Chicago had a pretty, uh, pretty big uh, fan. You know, yeah. This, this is going back was well, eighteen years, so hopefully times have changed. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. But it was sort of, it was only sort of free wrestling that that I sort of heard it. Because I was in, I would have been 11, 12, 11, 12 ish that time. And then I didn't, I didn't hear an album from them until like 2002 when the Wraith came out. Mm. Um, and a friend, right. of, well, a friend of my that, parents sort of. Not, not much came out in between Jekyll Brothers and the Wraith, you know, a few things, yeah. uh, notably Dark Lotus. But um, it, some of that stuff is like a little bit more, you have to go to shows sometimes, like Juggalos. Had to get had had to get access to the merch booths at the shows, you know, yeah. which is something you're not going to get too much if you're uh, living in another country. 
<laughs> well, I say, but like we, um, me parents at the time had a friend who was like, you could like find any album online and he'd like burn it, he'd acquire it via means, as we always say on the pod. Um, and like, so I said to him, Oh, can you get me the ICP album? He's like, I'll have a look for them. It's like, I was like, they might be hard to find. And then like the week later, he comes back, he's like, I got this one for you, and it was The Wraith. And so I sort of I started listening to it, and I was like, okay, this is what I've been missing so far. Like, I'd heard about it at the time and stuff, uh, but never got a chance to have listened to anything else properly. So you're saying that your first ICP, your first exposure to ICP musically was Take It from the WCW wrestling, like that, that theme song they were yeah. using? Yeah. yeah. I, I got that compilation too. I bought it just for that song. <laughs> and, See, I, uh, I bought it for Metallica on there because I was really into Metallica at the time because it had the uh, Seek and Destroy from Woodstock that Sting was using. And then I was like, just looking, I was like, Clown Posse. Okay. And I put, I put it on. So I, I wasn't digging it at first. And I, was, like, I went back and listened to it. I was like, okay, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, th- there's other instances where where ICP's kind of like had had like their song snuck into like a little a little compilation CD. I remember uh, Newbury Comics, you know, record stores uh, around here. We we they had like these little these little CDs, these little promotional mixes, you know, Newbury Comics, yeah. whatever, and and ICP was on there. You know, they I think they had the I think they had chicken hunting on it and. And there was and there was some other there were some other big names on there. Uh, I think the Money Money Boston's, uh, Weezer, you know, just yeah. some mainstream shits and. But but so after take it, then you hear the wraith. Yeah. And um, so that was what would have been. I got it. It would have been the early two thousand three. I want to say if it came. It was, it was in November two thousand two. It came out, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head. Yeah, it came out it the day been... after my birthday, actually. Ah. Uh, that, yeah, that, so when that dropped, I turned twenty-four. You know, <laughs> I was I was young back then, and and I, it was exciting as fuck. You know that because that's something. If, if you didn't listen to the music before the Wraith, uh, the six Joker's card was something that they they talked about. Every album had this like countdown where it showed six boxes with the question marks and then each album was being filled in, you know? Yeah. So you know, when I started listening, they were on the third album. So they only, and it was like, Ooh, we're halfway there. I'm like, all right, I'm not late to the party at all. I, you know, and, <laughs> and then great Malenko drops and it's like, Ooh, two more, you know, Jekyll yeah. brothers, the pentultimate jokers card. So we think, uh, and then when they dropped the Wraith, you know, it was like a, it was like a what moment when they're like, it's going to be a double album, and it's you know Shangri La and Hell's Pit. So uh, we should have seen that coming though, because you know every everything about their their albums, you know, j- that progression from from having, I guess it started twenty years ago with with the Great Malenko when they had different colors, right? You got the red Malenko, yeah. the green Malenko, the purple Malenko. And then after that, you know, there's just like the Jekyll brothers, which is, you know, so there's Jake and Jack Jekyll. And so there's two different images for one Joker's card. And that, yeah. that means they're selling two different albums, two different album covers. And that's it. 
The cover is the only thing different. You know, everything in the booklet is the same. It's just the fucking cover and the, C- and, the, and the image on the CD. That's it. Everything else is the same. The music is exactly the same. And, you know, Juggalos were, were buying two of the same album just yeah, to get the, the, the cover. And, <laughs> you know, so, so then obviously the next step is to release, you know, their next album is actually a two-parter. One part yeah. and then the next part was supposed to come out a year later. It ended up taking a little more than a year, but you know, Hell's Pit. That's the thing, though, with like when they did like Mighty Death Pop and they released was it that one had like three different versions and the the the, the ultimate one and right. Yeah, um, not don't forget about Bang Pow Boom. You know, oh, yeah, different... that's it. Sorry, yeah, Bang Pow yeah, Boom, but Nuclear Edition. No, but um, but you're not wrong. Mighty Death Pop was uh, red, black, and white. And yeah. not only was it three different, uh, you know, colors, but each album came with another album, right? Yeah. You had the the hour long ho flow, and you had all the cover tunes smothered, covered, and chunked, and then yeah. you had Mikey Clark's Extra Pop Emporium, which to me <laughs> is like the dopest out of all four albums <laughs> or six albums. Fucking the Extra Pop Emporium had some deep cuts, man. That's such a great CD. But I digress. So, yeah, it was. Um, I listened to the. I remember listening to the Rafe bio. For some reason, I don't know why I did. I always put off listening to the unveiling. I don't know if it's because it was the, the name of the track or something. It was like because it was always the whole thing of like, well, the six cards. I was like, but I don't want it to end. So I put off listening to it for about six months, roughly. So I get to sixteen and stop. <laughs> so you actually you actually just like stopped yourself before the last track and you didn't listen yeah. to it for six months yeah <laughs> it was i was young no that's was, fascinating uh... to me all right i'll tell you this uh one of my homies uh his ex-girlfriend you know she was not a juggalo when they got together but she was open-minded and she was and she liked the music and so she was listening to the music a lot and she was attending shows. And, you know, this is, this is often how uh, people kind of like fall into to repping Juggalo is that they meet other Juggalos and it's kind of like, oh, let me check this out. And, and they kind of uh, baby step their way into being obsessed like the rest of us. And, yeah. But this chick, all right, so anyway, long story short, this chick is just kind of like, you know, soaking it all in. And I want to say this was... 10 years ago, okay? So 2007, 2007, okay? And she told me, and I'm not trying to put my homie on blast because she's a a cool juggalo now, you know what I mean? But she was just getting into it around 2007, you know, bless her heart. And she told me, she's like, I've I've listened to all the albums, all the CDs. I've, I've heard them all except Hell's Pit. I'm like, what? And you're like, I haven't listened to Hell's Pit yet. And I'm like, why not? And she's like, well, you know, because it's, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. Like, because, I mean, she she really was feeling the wraith and, and the positive vibes that, that you get from ICP's music. And, you know, the, I guess the whole idea of, uh, of, of them marketing it as, you know, the most wicked shit that, that they've ever put out. Like, and, yeah, and you know, you, you all know the, the story, like, 
the word juggalo is not mentioned once in this album because Jay doesn't want to see a single juggalo in Hell's Pit. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and that and so for her, she was like, eh, do I really need to hear that album? I mean, it's got no it's got no juggalo love in it. It's it's supposed to be the wickedest shit. Like I don't know if I, and I'm like, look, you need to just hear it. It doesn't matter. And I almost, this is the same mentality I had about Dear Joe and Joey. Like, like oh, you're a juggalo? You should listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not telling you to like it or not. But you should hear it, you know, because it's the yin to the yang. You can't have one without the other. And, and all those diamond rain and positive vibes of the wraith has, has a shadow. And in Hell's Pit, um, in, you know, all the tracks, like, very specifically depict some some morbid shit and some warped mind frames and some depressing and you know just real like it it's definitely lyrically a fucking a sick album you know what i mean and oh yeah definitely so and i and i say look i mean i'm just saying like you know, to be to be a juggalo and to be like, oh, but I'm not going to listen to that ICP album. Said no juggalo, so I, I just don't get that. And but I but I explained to her, I'm like, you should just hear it. You should just listen to it. You might like it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and then you know she did, and she was like, oh, TJ, thank you so much. You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> she did it to herself. She just put it off. She was scared. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll stop talking about my homie who who I have nothing but respect for. But that was a thing where she didn't want to listen to Hell's Pit, and I was like, well, no, you got to listen to it, even if you don't like it. I mean, shit, how many fucking people out there are like, oh, I love this band, but that album, uh, uh-uh, uh, fuck that album. But everything else yeah. is cool. So fuck that album, like. <laughs> Can you think of any album? Like, is there is there a Metallica album that you're like, no, sorry, boys? Uh, yeah, Saint Anger. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. That seems to be the one everyone's always says, oh, oh yeah, they they did they were doing well, and then they were Saint Anger. And I was like, yeah, I see your point. And then they sort of everyone's like, they're doing themselves though with Death Magnetic. I'm like, yeah, I see your point. <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember they got a lot of flack for those loads and reload albums back in the day. They did, but like I personally think they're like not bad albums. Like it's, <clears throat> in terms of the actual the, the songs they put out and stuff, they're actually really good. Uh, do you listen to Megadeth? No, not really. Well, they got they got a similar situation, not because they're tied to. Metallica with Dave Mustaine having written yeah. songs from their first album. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying that they had a pretty good reputation for, for being metal until like the mid nineties when they started getting a little bit more eclectic and yeah. where, where maybe the, the fan base in general had a reaction to it. That was less than like some hardcore fans were like, no, fuck that. That's soft. That's not that's not my Megadeth, you know, or whatever. Uh, however, they talked back in the nineties. That doesn't seem like that was a nineties impression. But um, <laughs> that, um, but no, that that's that's an American joke because that's what like some Americans are. That's not my president. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, Megadeth, you know, they put out uh, cryptic writings and then Risk and. It was like they were slowly changing their their style of music, and 
I, for one, love those albums. Fucking thought, I think they're the best albums they've ever put out. Musically, to me, they just sound amazing. Are they heavier? Are they as metal? Are they as fast? No, they're none of those things. But I'm not holding them to that standard like a diehard fan of that old shit was. You know what I mean? And, yes. and that's kind of how I look at ICP. A lot of people get really mad at ICP for not being as good as they were when they were teenagers or in their t- 20s. I look at them and I'm like, uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to hold you to a standard of when you were, you know, younger. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's like listening to old Johnny Cash and, and judging him because he's old. You know, <laughs> but he's still making music. Bless his heart. Like right up until he died, he was re- dropping albums. Yeah, the American series. He'd be like saying he did Ring of Fire, and he's like, "Yeah, I love it." And then he does. He covers her, and everyone's like, "No, fuck him, I'm done." Oh, what, her, when Johnny Cash covered cover. Nine Inch Nails, uh, yeah, the amazing. Hurt. It was amazing. That uh, is that. That was a rejuvenation of Nine Inch Nails' career, right there. <laughs> I forgot all about him until Johnny Cash reminded me. Wow. But it's like with ICP, it's like they've done softer stuff, but at the same time, it's like they're getting older. And like we had um, two comedians over here that did Bottom, Rick Rick, uh, Mayall and Adrian Edmondson. I don't know how well it took off in America. Mm. And they did... They did that, and then they were doing the live shows, and then they thought, we're going to go back and do another show. But like, well, we're two guys in our 60s telling knob jokes. It's not really funny anymore for us. It's just cringeworthy. So we're not going to do it because we're just we're too old. So I think it's that sort of adapt-to-survive mentality or methodology. Sort of like we, if we change, we'll be able to... Because it's not just about pleasing old fans. It's drawing new fans in, which is what I think some people f- forget. Well, let's uh, let's get back on track. And I'm, now I want to ask you: like, you finally listened to the to the unveiling, and in that time, in, in that six months time that you you denied yourself the, you know the the punchline of of a whole legacy of of you know albums. Yeah. Were you listening to other music, other ICP, or was it just Wraith? You know, did you did you hear any of the older stuff? Or well, like I had the Wraith, and then sort of my. I was sort of learning about the discology and discography even. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, they've, these albums just lead up to this. So I was like, right, I need to get a hold of these somehow. So I spoke to my mum's friend again, and he managed to get a hold of those albums for me, by any means. <laughs> and, I'm uh, imagining like, a black band, someone getting a, a fucking sack, <laughs> a potato sack thrown over their head. Show me the ICP CDs now. <laughs> it wasn't so much like that as uh, it was. If we could find it more sort of in oops, in that style. Ah, yes, CDRs, burnt discs. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got lots and lots of reels, stacks of those bad boys in the closet. So um, I, I was sort of I was acquiring those as like he was only doing, he was doing like a pound a pound a disc at the time, and because to me I didn't realise it was sort of like an order to them. So I remember so I think I went from having the Wraith and I was like, oh, I'll try this great Malenko CD out because it got mentioned in and again it was like mentioned in like a wrestling magazine again of like oh it was named after Boris Malenko or something. So I was like, okay, it might be wrestling references. So I like, got that one next and. uh 
I think it got after that I got Amazing Jekyll Brothers after that. So it's like six, four, five. It was only like later on, like I think a couple of years later when I actually started I got made to get all that riddle box and kind of a carnage listen to those, but that was like through eBay. I had to get them on the cheap through eBay. Hmm. All right. So, so the internet to the rescue. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, so in this time, I mean, it, you know, all the way up to today, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the great Malenko. And, yeah. and uh, I, I tell you, man, it, I feel sentimental about it because it, it marks the 20th anniversary of me being a juggalo going to clown shows I've been going to clown shows at least once a year, if not two, three, four times, you know, gatherings or, you know, special, special events. And sometimes out of state or sometimes multiple states, right? Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, New York, Pennsylvania. I've gone down to Florida. Anyways, my point is, is that I'm a little spoiled. All right. I know it. I know I'm spoiled. Like I know that I, I'm lucky as fuck to have ICP living on my continent and I'm in their, in their tour circuit and where I live, uh, juggalos throw down so hard. We have a reputation for being one of the most loyal and ruckus, you know, crowds, you know, out of all the cities, Worcester's been, uh, you know, known for, for being nuts and crazy. And it's, I think it's because all the juggalos in new England all kind of come to that one spot because there's, there's not a whole lot of other, uh, uh, areas that are big enough to host the shows. Um, yeah. So anyways, I remember uh, reading here in somewhere, it was always like, I think it was Worcester or something. It's always like, it always sells out here. Like, yeah. Really well pretty much or close to it. And, and it was around, and it was around the hell's pit era that shows started to sell out like that. Um, I, I should say uh, a little earlier than hell's pit, but um and saying in the in the in the early 2000s, you know, I, my first ICP show in 97, I just got the ticket stub. It was $15 and, you know, we bought it like at the door and show, you know, I didn't have a problem getting into a show having to buy a ticket ahead of time and worrying about it selling out until until the Wicked Wonka tour. And so um, we got Shanzi with the 350 super chat. Says, uh, glad this ninja finally got to see the clowns. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting at, man. I'm spoiled. I see ICP all the time. You finally got to see ICP this year on the Spray the UK tour. The Spray the and UK tour, yes. I pulled up the flyer, and I wanted to know, <laughs> which show did you attend? Uh we did the the Birmingham show on the seventeenth of November. Oh, this flyer must be outdated because it says that the seventeenth was Manchester and Birmingham was the eighteenth. Or yeah, this is the. Um, if, if, I don't know how closely you were following it. Um, this sort of cut goes to controversy old part of the tour where. Yeah, I know. This is an early news. flyer. Yeah, <laughs> I know. The flyer changed a couple times. <laughs> So, yeah, how did that work for you? I mean, really, that's this is the meat and potatoes of our talk here. I want to know what was it like seeing ICP for the first time ever? Um, You know, your take. I I, we all want to know, like from from, you know, from the from the actual performance to, you know, getting there. I don't know. Just what do you what what do you think? Like what? It was uh, well, sort of to 
go back on myself here. It was like we had it. We got the. I got. I was in work one day, sort of midday on my lunch, and the guy messaged me. Um, one of my, like a guy I sort of know from past gigs and stuff like we had. Zug Island were over here last year, last September. Um, so I got to see them live in Warsaw. And then uh, about February, I got a message like from this Songkick app on iPhone or something. It's like, oh, ICP announced a tour. And so now I'm getting four or five messages in one go going, is this real? Is it fake? Is it real? I was like, I, I'm going with it's real from the look of things. Like, I think that was when... It was wasn't it Mushroom Head that posted like a picture? Uh, Possibly, it, yeah. Uh, I feel like I feel like Mushroom Head dropped this this flyer for some for some UK dates, and ICP's name was on it, and that's how all the Juggalos found out because ICP didn't post it first. You know, it yeah. was it was Mushroom Head, but anyways. Yeah, so I got I got this message and I'm sort of ringing like my brother. And there might be a tour, and this little question was, "Are you getting tickets?" <laughs> it's like, well, yes, of course. Like, um, so of course he announced Manchester. That was like the what they call the O2, one of the O2 venues, which is like the O2 Ritz, which is perfect for us. He's like, "Yeah, sweet, we'll do that." And then we'll do Birmingham as well on the Saturday. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> See, that's how I, I'm seeing the pattern here: pub crawls, and then uh, you know, multiple clown shows back to back. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, unfortunately, we only ended up seeing the Wonder Ones, unfortunately, because of the way the the whole uh, shenanigans of the tour. Yeah, man, I, that is just uh, it's if it's it's just one thing after another, you know. Um, yeah. they're resilient as fuck. I'm glad. I'm glad that you were able to at least see them once. That would have been a pity if uh... it was. There was nights I lost sleep for. I was sort of there was no announcements or anything. But I'll cover that in a, in a moment. Because mm-hmm. um, it was only, I think, three days before it was they were due to start the tour. They already set off to come over here and stuff. Right. And, the the venue on like the Saturday morning before she was she was just on the Monday I want to say and the Saturday the Saturday um, the O2 the I think it's like the Academy Music Group or something put up a post saying we are put we are pulling ICP shows from all our venues they are not welcome at our venues or something like that and so everyone's sort of like well that's fucked us like there were people like they booked hotels they booked trains they booked coaches. Mm. Like, they bought the tickets and they were like struggling for money. It's like, oh well, you'll get a refund, but it might be in three week, three or four weeks. So you guys, you guys immediately took to the streets, right, and started t- tipping cars, burning trash barrels. <laughs> I mean, please tell we, me we, that UK juggalos did at least a little bit of civil disobedience and destroyed the city or something, man. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, I wish I could say that we did, but um, we're we're too British. Like like we enjoy queuing, like we just sort of took to social media and complained about it. Oh, so so you are no different than us Americans. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what the fuck we do too. <laughs> <laughs> like no cars, no cars were tips that I know of. But all right, like so um, so I was like messaging Kevin Gill. I was like. What's do you know what's happening or anything? He's like, there's an announcement coming, just hold tight. Um, because they'd announced like there was, there was people who'd gone to the 
the, the show on Monday was meant to be in Leeds, in Sheffield, I want to say. Or no, it was meant to be in Leeds, and it got moved to Sheffield. So people had turned up to Leeds, and then it was like they got there was a, a note on the door saying, "Well, it's can be postponed till next week." Oh, I thought I thought the note on the door was going to go. All right, the concert is actually at this address, and then everybody goes over to that address, and then there's a note on that door, and it says, "All right, the next address <laughs> is," and you're on a fucking obstacle course to get to the fucking venue. Uh, no, it wasn't that. Uh... Um, what's the word? Trail-tastic, shall we say. It was literally a case of like an hour before the doors were due to open, like a note went up saying postponed until next week in uh-huh. Sheffield. What a so, bummer. Um, but then the show, the night after that was in Newcastle and that show went ahead, but there was rumours flying around that there was like a, one of the, the flight cases that they needed with merch or the their equipment in was lost or something. It was held in right, customers. right. Lost merch. Um, well, as lost, <laughs> right. Sort of det- it was detained or something, and lost and detained or searched and seized. There was something that happened with it. it eventually, I think we confiscated. It Jack move. Yeah, I get yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they did the show in Newcastle, and then they went on to Glasgow. I want to say. Yeah, I think Glasgow and then uh, Bristol um, yeah. and Manchester. I don't know. That's what that's what this old outdated flyer says. <laughs> yeah, they did, they did like Glasgow. They did Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, Glasgow, Bristol. But like we were hearing stuff because I went to the the show on the Friday, which is it got moved to Birmingham. But this was announced on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So like Tuesday night, like I'm not. I wasn't even. I got about an hour's sleep, so I'm just sort of. They need to announce something because this is the only date I can do. <laughs> Um, like there was no Manchester date announced or anything. Like it's Manchester and going ahead. The name of the venue was the Asylum. Was that correct? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite fitting, really. <laughs> is that is that place as cool as it sounds? Or I mean, it was it was only quite small because the original venue they had was thirteen hundred, and then they had to scale it down to six hundred and fifty. I'm sorry, but I would much rather go see the Wicked Clowns at the Asylum. Yeah. Then, then pretty much any fucking venue, like <laughs> just call it the fucking asylum. That's awesome. <laughs> um, about that, the VIP because I'd pay. We done like we going for VIP because like, well, I'm going to meet. I need to meet them or something. Like I can't not meet them when they're here. Like we don't know when they're coming back again. Never, uh, never. <laughs> you're not allowed to have my. You're not allowed to have ICP again, man. <laughs> Don't be greedy, all right? Don't be greedy. <laughs> I, we'll I'm spoiled, but I'm not stupid, all right? I I love my <laughs> Wicked Clowns, and I'm really not willing to give them up that easily, all right? Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not really good at the share, sharing type, but maybe, maybe you can have them for another short tour, you know, in 2020. Yeah, it needs to happen again. Um, but so... We were hearing stuff about the VIP, like I think the Newcastle show doesn't let two guys did VIP. I think Glasgow there was like twelve people did it, and then like hearing more for Bristol, and then um, so the Wednesday they announced tickets for Birmingham, but it's like you'll need to buy new tickets. Your old tickets aren't valid, or it's same date, but it's like they're not valid for this venue. You need fresh tickets. So I got that sorted, and then but we had a hotel in. Still in Manchester, because it's like we couldn't 
if we cancelled it, we'd have lost the money and the room sort of thing. We couldn't sell it on or transfer it or anything. So like, well, well, we'll stay in Manchester, but we'll travel to Birmingham. So we found a quick. So you turned the you turned a lemon into uh, the hangover. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we were sort of. My brother, who's like the sort of travel aficionado wizard that he is, managed to find us like a cheap train or something to Birmingham. So he's like, well, if we get this train, we can do this and we can do it, go by this way. I mean, um, it's a fucking adventure. You know, I tell you, I some of my most favorite times is the the struggle to get to a gathering. I mean, yeah. it, it's just like a classic, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles situation. <laughs> Whatever the close. fuck you got to do just to get there is what you got to do. Ninjas be hitchhiking. Seriously, yeah. I know I know ninjas that were hitchhiking. And straight up, they just, like, get picked up by Madman Pondo or Rude Boy or, or Kevin Gill driving by, you know? Um, countless stories. Or just other juggalos, you know? This, I've, I've heard other stories on, like, from people like you speak to in America who, like, it's like, yeah, we're going to the gatherings. Like, how long, how far are the driving? It's like, oh, it's, like, 15 hours. But it's, to them, it's nothing. I was like, to us, like, London from here's about a four-hour drive, six-hour drive, and to us, that's a mission. <laughs> so, well, to be fair, say it's nothing. Yeah, no. To be fair, there's there's plenty of people who would consider a four or five-hour drive something. Okay, yeah. it's just you know when when you live in the United States of America and you've got you know two different coasts and a whole and a whole lot of desert and mountains in between us and yeah. you know. You've got the northerners and you've got the southerners and you know your your east coast, your north, your west coast, and even even the people in the northwest are different than the south. You know, it's yeah, but but we're all connect we're all connected by fucking highways. You know, yeah. and uh, a road trip, you know, that's you know eight hours, twelve hours. Yeah. It it it's fucking rough, but it's doable. You know. Yeah, it's it's doable with uh you know with pit stops and you know caffeine and uh, I I drove my best friend in a U-Haul from Massachusetts to Florida through the eye of a hurricane and wow. we were like stuck in the fast lane going seventy miles an hour through a hurricane and the side mirror fucking broke so I couldn't even see I couldn't leave my lane because I didn't know yeah. if there was anyone there or not. So I had to stay in the fast lane the whole way. It was wow. intense. Um, and then when we got to Florida and it's, you know, it started, the sky opened up. It was like uh, an attack of uh, a swarm of locusts, you know, yeah. like a biblical, uh, you know, insect swarm, except they weren't locusts. They were dragonflies. And so they were just dragonflies, bam, 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 hitting the windshield. And I'm trying to, like, clean it, and it's just, like, smearing dragonfly guts all over the place. And, and then it wouldn't stop. I mean, I straight up felt like I was in a spaceship, and I was just, like, plowing through aliens, you know, because they, they look like fucking monsters, like these huge-ass dragonflies. Anyways, um, Road trip, road trips are fun. It, a lot of memories are made on a road trip, you know, because yeah. it's it's we, it's a yeah, weird fun. thing. You can get like cabin fever being stuck in a car for too long, yeah. and you're going places, 
but you're going crazy at the same time. So it's almost like, you know, tripping out in the desert. You come back and you learn something about yourself after a road trip. And then when you got like a fucking dope ass festival and, and a concert at the end of the line, and when you come home, like forget about it. You've com- yeah. you've completed a, a, a metamorphosis that you know only the most woke spring breakers you know can relate to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe, maybe maybe someone who goes to Burning Man or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say, is this the new woke TJ? <laughs> I've definitely been like half woke, half foot in the grave, just like (laughs) half, half in a, in a REM sleep, let's say. Yeah. I guess I just need to grab my plug really quickly, TJ, because it's literally, I can, it's two foot away from me, but my phone's on like 20% battery. So. All right. You do that. We're going to take a hiatus here and we'll be back in just a moment, everybody. Cool. Thanks, man. I hope you're If I had any elevator music, I would play it. But instead, I'm going to fill my coffee cup. So hold tight. And we're back. I'm back. And I'm on charge, so I'm good. Excellent. Um, yeah, so you're at the clown show. And I don't know who you got. Uh, Mushroom Head, Big Hoodoo, Ouija, Light. Uh, did, did you see all the openers, or was it just about ICP for you? Well, it was uh, fun enough. We got, we, got to, we got to Birmingham. And we're sort of walking, we were walking through, we grabbed some to eat really quick. And then we found the venue and we were outside waiting. And um, I'm messaging Kevin Gill's like, oh, well, how are we doing for tickets? And that? like, we got told to collect them at the venue. And it's like, well, there's no tickets to collect. Just give your name. We're like, okay. Um, and then it's, uh, Kevin, we've mentioned Dawn at six. And... I'm getting um, messages saying, oh, it's now doors at 7. Doors at 7.45. No, it was, yeah, doors at 7.30, and then it came to doors open. The doors open at 7.45, roughly, 8 o'clock-ish. Um, but so they had and so that's when you guys started flipping cars and burning shit, <laughs> right? No, not yet. Uh, but it was um, it was weird in a way because I had friends, my friends who organised the Zug Island coming over the previous year. Um, one of those has like been a, he was managed to get, he got roped into being a runner for the for them for the day because uh, he had a car and could drive and pick them up pick up stuff for them. So I saw him as like so yeah like my missus is here in a bit so I, like I was ringing her. She said yeah I'm coming down like we'll meet you in this pub. Like, meet me in this pub here or something, or like down near the corner. <laughs> Can I play with madness? Hell yeah. Um, no, I, I was uh, holding that up. I was holding this up for Shanzi because he was commenting how 
my mug matches the banner and behind my shoulder. And, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, um, I was going to say, so we, we, we walk, we're walking down towards this pub and we, like, um, well, I started so messaging Kevin and he came out and gave me, I bought a t-shirt off him that he gave me. He said, yeah, we're going to go and find some food, but like doors are at seven now. So I was like, oh, okay, we've got time yet. And uh, we're walking down and I was like, some of us, we couldn't, we couldn't find this pub anywhere. Like, we'd walk past it, we knew we had, but we just couldn't find it. And so we ended up, like, I saw um, Kevin in the takeaway with, like, there was Kevin Light and Hoodoo in the takeaway. What, what is that? I think, uh, I think we have a language barrier. You've, you saw them where? In a, 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 a fast food takeaway. A takeaway. A takeaway. Yeah. A takeaway. All right. Yeah, that's what. All right. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take away a, a, a new a new uh, word from this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it's um it's sort of like it's normally there's a lot of them who run by like um, Indian or Turkish families that will do pizzas, kebabs, burgers, things like that. And um, so they're in getting pizzas and stuff. And I sort of had to go and ask Kevin about tickets again or something. I wasn't sure. And also, I'm like, I'm talking to, I was talking to Light and stuff, and then I didn't even realize Hoodoo was stood behind me at the time because he, he looks different out of paint with glasses on. And I thought he, was, <laughs> I was like, oh, he must feel like one of the road guys or something. And I only realized afterwards, like, that's fucking Hoodoo. No, uh, <laughs> you know, I Blaze, Blaze <laughs> used to get that same treatment. You know, like <laughs> you just stand there and you, you didn't even know it was him under that pantyhose back in the day. Yeah. And um, but I was talking to Kevin because I so me and Kevin always had like a good back and forth about music and stuff because he likes his punk and stuff and his hardcore. Um, yeah, KG does like his punk and hardcore. And um, he was saying to me, he's like, he looked at Light and he's like, this guy's from Blackpool, England. And Light's like, Where, where's Blackpool? I was like, up there on the coast somewhere. And it's like, sort of saying, like, KG, you need to come for the punk festival every year we have, man. He's like, it's like we've had sick of it all that stuff. It's like I keep moving to, but I'm always busy. <laughs> but if I get, I think he wants to come eventually. Then, I think um, uh, I think his love for for punk and and hardcore is more of uh, his roots. You know, that's he used to be in the in a punk band, I think, and um, and you know, but nowadays he's more uh, of the wrestling aficionado and the podcaster and. And in uh, the psychopathic JCW affiliations and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. But like Kevin, like pretty much kept me sane for that this kind of thing. Like constantly reassuring me, like your tickets are fine, your VIP is fine. He's like, just turn up and have a good time, and you'll be safe. And um, so I met my friends. We had a couple of drinks, um, and they were sort of talking about. It. They went to a gathering in. They showed me a video of when they went to a gathering and one guy got his nose broken because of like some skit they were pl- they were playing with each other or something at the time involving one of them dressed as a dog and a pie. <laughs> but that's for them to go into. <laughs> it, it's all it's all fun and games until somebody gets a pie in the face and breaks their <laughs> nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, we went down to the venue because it's like I've sort of. I was getting mixed messages from people saying, well, doors are at six. It's like, well, it's currently half past six and they aren't open yet, so I'm going to go for a drink. Um, Wise decision. 
we got there, it was like freezing cold, and I'm just stood talking to people that I knew. Um, was how 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 much was the how, how much was the crowd like? Was it was it getting to be a big crowd, or was it kind of like did people already know? When I was there, when I got there, there was probably about a hundred there. A hundred. <laughs> sort of the line, the line was like going as well. Like it was getting closer to like about seven thirty. Like there was the crowded building. Like you saw people walking down and stuff. And, yeah, that's um, a beautiful sight. So, um, what I'm curious about is that is that you know ICP is drawing all these juggles out of the woodwork, right? Yeah. Now, definitely. Now, when I when I was just a kid and I was uh, in, you know, it was my first clown show. The I wouldn't say the lines were around the the, the building because you know, like I said, the shows weren't selling out yet. It wasn't until like 2001, the Hatchet Risings tour, like, and this is yeah. this is right before they dropped the Wraith, you know, but after they've started doing the gathering already, so you know, they they're teasing the Wraith now, and what. Well, I just mean that, like, you know, for for a few years of people going to these shows religiously or, you know, starting these new traditions of going to clown shows as they're, as they're traveling around to new cities. And yeah. the Juggalos kind of were, some of them were drawn to each other and, and, and friendships were formed. And, and this is 20 years ago that this was happening. And yeah. In the in the past twenty years, I've seen friendships develop, fall apart, rekindle new friendships, um, you know, like weird trees of you know of uh, you know six degrees of Kevin Bacon type shit. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. like especially when it comes to Dear Joe and Joey, like I, it's so hard to find an ninja who hasn't heard of it um, if they've been around long enough because yeah. everybody's on the on the same internet together. And, but what I want to know about the UK juggalos and, and they're all together, you know, and, and they're waiting and, and they're waiting and it's like, oh, we got to wait some more. I mean, welcome to, welcome to the fucking party, man. Like that is exactly, <laughs> that, that, that is so like, that, that's, that's exactly what the fuck we do. You know, we wait in lines. You know, we wait for the shows, we, we go to gatherings and we wait in lines to, you know, to park. And I mean, it's, uh, it, I know those VIP lines, man, you stand in line for the merch booth all day, you know, you stand in line to get a goddamn beer. Um, <laughs> but those lines to get into the ICP show are always full of like the most diehard, dedicated, eager, just like, can't wait to see ICP, you know. Yeah. Do, do all these UK juggalos, are they all aware of each other? Or was this like the first time that they'd all kind of like stood in a line together for hours? Did anybody accidentally meet someone? And then were there new friendships formed is what I want to know. Like, even though it's like two decades later, like, did, did y'all find some fucking family unity when you were fucking brought under one roof? Thinking so. Like, it was... A lot of people, it's um, like especially for ICP. The I know, like in America, you don't they don't get much in terms of uh, radio and TV play and that. Like they don't overhear. Um, but so you, back, you do hear them. You you do hear ICP on the radio. 
not over here, but like we have um, uh, we have Kerrang Kerrang TV. It's like a music channel, and um, they back in about oh, t- 2002, 2003, they were playing the video for Homies, like pretty much on repeat. And I think that's partially where people might have got into them, like through that, because then they'll have heard, picked up the Wraith or something online or downloaded it or whatever. Because it's it was around that time. I think they, they did a, the tour was in 2003, which I just missed. And then, of course, it's like, here we are 14 years later and I've just seen them for the first time and it only took me 14 years to do, you know. You, you just um, missed it that when they came know. around the first time. You just yeah. missed them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, so, that just made – so uh, I really uh, – I can't, I can't hold it in anymore. I just want to know, like, what was it like to see ICP perform? It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like, it was amazing. Like in terms of that, like, the atmosphere and stuff, and because we had like we had like obviously like light and uh, hoodoo and Ouija building it up, and KG was uh, hosting, and it was sort of all a build up to this moment. As like this, this is what I've waited fourteen years for, sort of thing. I, I bet they hyped it up big. You know, I mean they they have a tendency. They meaning psychopathic has a yeah. tendency to. Um, their real their showmanship is very uh, pr- prominent in everything they do. You know, there you can tell that they, their wrestling background and so it and in per- performances is their bread and butter. So yeah, um, and you know what, man, I haven't even seen Ouija Mac yet. Uh, I've seen yeah, Light, we, I've seen Hoodoo, but not Ouija. See, I've not, I haven't heard much of Light. Uh, beforehand, but then sort of like from speaking to him and stuff, because like the VIP and the the takeaway beforehand, it was like it was a proper down to earth guy, uh, really nice, like quite humble. And I was like, so I'm all looking forward to him. He's like, he's like quite. He seemed almost taken aback by it. He's like, he's here to see me, sort of thing. It's like, but it was because um, they only announced like they were bringing Hoodoo and Light and Ouija over like the week before they were due to come or something. So oh, that's like because that because bonus. light because light is uh, dude. That dude is young, you know, brand new record deal. Like all yeah. this attention for the first traveling, like internationally performing. Like that that dude's on cloud nine right now. Yeah. So you know, it, it's extremely humbling to to be uh, recognized for your art and to yeah. you know. I bet for him, it's just like surreal. You know, he, he's living the dream right now. The, back in the day, we used to kind of, I, I think a lot of a lot of juggalos were kind of like very spiteful. I won't say hateful, but spiteful of uh, Axe Murder Boys because they won that contest, right? Yeah. And that that is basically like the the dream to to be on Psychopathic Records was the dream. If you were inspired and you know to do what they do and. Um, and so there's plenty of rappers all around, you know, the states, and and then there's not that many, but there's a couple international fools that you know fuck with the wicked shit. Um, but but I don't know. In the UK, I mean, are you going to shows on a regular basis? Do you, do you attend concerts regularly? I'm trying to more so now that I've gotten older that I've I'm sort of I said to myself I need to go to more gigs and stuff and see more bands. Yeah, um, absolutely. Concerts are the shit, man. I've been, I, I'm like addicted to concerts. It's just the best. I'm going to one this uh, Friday. Oh, nice. 
Spotify, so you got to say. Uh, it's actually just, um, well, my favorite local Boston band uh, is called The Upper Crust, and the guitarist and main lead singer has uh, something wrong with his hand, so they've they've had to cancel shows, and they're on a little break. So, uh, unfortunately, not them, but the drummer, he has, like, a side project, and they have a, they have an album coming out. So it's a CD release party for this album that uh, has the drummer and the same drummer as my favorite band. So I don't even know what they sound like. I'm just going to go check it out and have a beer with him because he's cool shit. And you know, it, it, it's well, at the end of the day, that's that's the best way to find new music. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I know about them because I think it's like his ex. I think him and her used to be in a relationship and they were in a band together and then they broke up, but like, they're still in a band together. That's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got a professional, I'm just saying like, it's um, it's a different band and he's a working musician. A lot of musicians actually play for multiple bands. If, they, if they're trying to live off of music, you know, they're not just, yeah. unless they make it big with one fucking band, but um you know, not everybody is, is that blessed to, to have that kind of support and shit. And I certainly do not support all artists like I do ICP. Yeah. And it's like even Psychopathic doesn't get my blind support. Like, I, I don't buy every CD anymore. And, I, and I'm going to admit, uh, 20 years being a juggalo, yes, I, for the majority of this time, have been buying every single Psychopathic CD, every product that they put out, I would buy it. Yeah. I would buy it regardless of knowing if I'm going to like it or not. Um, and if, if kids are like, well, why the hell would you do that if you don't like it? Like, because pirating music off the internet wasn't an option back in the day. You actually had to buy a cassette tape or a CD, listen to it, and then make a judgment call on whether you liked it or not. Like there was, but you had to commit, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So the thing it's like um, I've done interviews with artists in, in the past, and sort of they've all said to me, sort of because they've got the new the new digital age of downloads and stuff, like oh, you can buy our CD on digitally on, on iTunes or Google Play, or whatever. Hey, but well, buy hard copy, support the artist. It's like okay, like which is what I do. I always, if I can buy the hard copy, I will. See, I didn't. I didn't have to be told. I don't have to be told to support my favorite artists because, yeah. for me, that's what that's what you do when you like an artist. You support them, you know. And I don't. I don't like everybody, you know. And and that's where because that's the murky territory of the underground music scene, and not even just the underground music scene, but like I don't know. I was watching this movie called Inside Lewin Davis, which is about uh, the the, I guess, folk music scene in Greenwich Village, New York, back in the 60s, like pre-Bob Dylan, and, you know, before it made it mainstream. Like, there's just, you know, singer, guitar player, songwriter, performers crashing on each other's sofas, going to dive bar to dive bar, um, carpooling to go from, like, one town city to another, like, seven, 12 hours in a car, just to play a gig and get a little bit of pocket change enough to, you know, buy a beer and a hooker. I don't know, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and really today it's, it, we do have a more of a global community with the internet and, and certainly people are sharing music digitally now, but yeah. 
the, the hustle is kind of similar. It's just on a different dimension, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. in, it's, it, it's in this cloud now, you know, your, your intellectual property, it's, it's all about how you can harness it and, and, and yeah. sell it. I mean, hell, even my album is now on Spotify, Google, uh, Google play, Amazon and uh, iTunes. Yeah. You can find uh, rhinoglyphics on Spotify and iTunes. I put it up there just this year for the five year anniversary. That's my shameless yeah. plug just because it's relevant, you know? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it to support the artist. You would be the first one, dude. I promise you. <laughs> nobody has bought my album yet. Nobody has bought my album. And uh, I don't blame them because I put it out for free. And mm. over like 250 people uh, downloaded it and, and have heard it. And it's already five years old. So it's really nothing, you know, I'm, I'm working on new shit. And Carnival Spirits has a mixtape. I don't know if you know, but we're dropping a mixtape. It's our second mixtape, and it's, it's fucking awesome. We got this cypher and a whole bunch of names. Like, we've been, we've been networking, and we're actually waiting on a bunch of uh, flaky rappers that haven't delivered, even though they've been paid for services. Uh, my partner, Callie Green, Too Fresh, is, uh, you know, he's losing hair over yeah. – over this shit, but, but it's dope. And, you know, I'm getting back in the booth. I've been writing again. I got a new computer coming my way and I probably need to like ask Santa for some new headphones. Or, you know, I think my microphone is good still, but um, I'm about to jump back into the rap game again. And, and the best part is, is that I have, I don't care again. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to impress anybody. Like yeah. this is for fun. I love doing it. And, I'm kind of good at it, I think. Like again, I don't care if you like it or you don't like it, but you should definitely check out our upcoming mixtape. Um, we have surprises, things that we know you're gonna love. Like it, you know, just because we love it, and I'm we all have kind of similar tastes. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're gonna deliver. Thank you, man. Um, but again, ICP in the UK. Uh, did you or did you not? Walk out of that show drenched in Fago. I did. You did. So you got well, an official Fago shower. It wasn't Fago in a sense. It was oh, like, all right, all right. Hold on here. Hold on. No one's actually said this to me, but I think I did see something about this. What the fuck were they throwing? It wasn't Fago? No, it was It was the whole thing. Of, it's the thing of getting it over to the UK. It's like, well, we can import a load of Fago for nothing like and probably put ourselves cost more than it would the entire tour to put together to bring this over. Or they can go out What like, the hell is wrong with Fago? <laughs> this was their opportunity to expand into a whole new market. Oh, you guys have it, no idea how what you're missing out on. Alright, no, what did they, they fucking they, throw? It was like a cheap like supermarket owned brand something there was no labels on it but you could tell what it was like it was just cheap cola and stuff and it's interesting it, it it's just so interesting to me it's like i'm sorry you can't throw fago on the crowd so you're gonna have to get this generic cola and throw that on. it's just i mean who are the funk that these situations happen you know yeah. <laughs> that that's a thing <laughs> This, it happened when they came over in 2003. Like someone said to me, like, "Oh, they were throwing Tesco Diet Cola." Um, 
which is like you can probably get it for at the time it's like twenty p a bottle or something daft. Like just because it was cheap, so they did, I think they did the same thing this year. But they just like cutting the labels off, so we could we didn't you couldn't tell what it was. <clears throat> but it was a thing of like because the venues, from what I heard, the venues, the original venues pulled them because one of them had the sort of it's all Art Deco style antique wooden stuff, and they sort of well, we're not they're not having they're not spraying cheap cola onto our like antique pine and stuff. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk this up as a a misunderstanding. Uh, obviously, these venue owners don't realize that that the money that they make, I mean, I'm just saying that the venues that tolerate the monkey business that ICP brings, they actually, a lot of them will, will wrap a lot of equipment up, including fixtures on the walls, uh, all of the railings, you know, with plastic, they, they literally cover everything in plastic. And that way, this is all you have to do is mop up the floor and then take the plastic off. And for the most part, your decor is in fine condition. Yeah, this is what the asylum did. They, every, you walked in, you could just see everything was like covered in in plastic wrap, and like there was a, the bar sort of had a big like sheet going from one like a big ten foot sheet is covering the bar, so like nothing hit the bar staff while they were serving. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, but it was um, in terms of the show, it was like one of the best shows I've been to, and so sort of, some people saying to me after, like, was it worth the wait? I was like, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, worth the, like, worth the wait. You've been waiting what fifteen years? <laughs> Fourteen years, yeah, close to fifteen. Um, but like even doing the VIP, like I was saying to Hoodoo, I was like, I've like waited fourteen years, Hoodoo. He's like, I know, man. Um, and like at the end of the show, like Jay was like saying, "Oh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be fourteen years again, I promise." And then. There's rumors they might be back next year, but they reckon it's going to be like two years. So that sounds about right. Touch wood. Yeah, I I believe it. I believe it. You know, I think I think we're all uh, we're all in for some changes next year. I don't know what they are, but um, you know, psychopathic ICP. It you know I follow them, and you know, Carnival Spirits is kind of like. It's kind of like a street team of, you know, digitally, you know, social media wise, like that's, you know, all we are is just a hub for Juggalos to connect. And, you know, the YouTubers that are on, on this channel, we all met each other just because we're all YouTubing and, um, and we don't really take ourselves too seriously over here. I, the community, I mean, in a, in a whole, it does seem like the community gets caught up on some bullshit. I don't know if you uh, experience any of that. I know you you obviously see like Fago lovers and, and Facebook posts, so maybe you are as privy to the bullshit as, as we are. But does it matter as much over there? Because if you're not getting clown shows on a regular basis, I I don't know if it's healthy for you to ingest all of the bullshit because you need you need the fresh ass clown shows to counter out that. At least I do. If it was all bullshit and no clown shows, I think I couldn't live with myself. I'd be like, fuck this. I'm going to be a believer. But what, what's a Taylor Swift fan call themselves? A Swifty? <laughs> Probably a Swifty, yeah. But, like, it's the thing, like, I think because it just took so long, we just sort of got used to it. And it's sort of, yeah, they might come back. They might not. If they don't, oh, well, sort of. But then you sort of think of, like, well, you can go over and see them. But it's like, then, 
the sort of that added expense for us and have to tra- have to travel over to America for a show or something or for the gathering, which for us then jumps up in prices. Talking about two thousand pounds roughly altogether for flights and stuff as well. And yeah, like, it's not cheap, and there's definitely a ninja. I don't remember his name because no one was saying their real fucking names, but. Uh, there was the ninja back in the Cave and Rock gatherings, you know, 2007, 8, 9. He, he would wear his British flag around his neck like a cape, you know? Yeah. And that's how we recognized him every year. And he was the British <laughs> ninja, you know? And he, um, he was cool shit. He was cool shit. And, and he was like the one guy. He, he just wanted everyone to know that he traveled a long fucking way to be at this gathering. You know what I mean? It, yeah. So he wore that flag around his back, like the whole gathering, and <laughs> probably just made like a fucking shit ton of friends everywhere, because everyone wanted to know the you know the British ninja. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but again, it's like a thing like when they brought out the, the Tempest and did the weekly, 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 which he said said along like the, the ticker on the bottom, it's like yeah, there's gonna be a, a Tempest world tour including Canada, Europe, and Australia. And it went from the Tempest Worldwide Tour to the Tempest Nationwide Tour. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> there's still some hope there. Like, they could do another album and they might eventually hit the UK. And then it was that thing of, oh, we're going to do a show in Australia. It was like, but we're, surely we're closer, like, by proximity. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think the distance necessarily is the uh, determining factor. It's more just the 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 venues and the, and the promoters and, you know, the deal makers, not, not the actual like distance. <laughs> yeah. It was, there was, it was always things popping up. Like you'd, you'd get like new people from new into it. And they'd sort of be like, I remember I was like, they're like seven, 18, 19. I sort of remember being this way, like how they are, how they were or whatever at the time when I was that age of like, Oh yeah, they should be coming over soon. Like, but everyone's like, you've just missed them. Like they're just here on tour. Oh, when they're coming back, we don't know. Could be a year, could be two years, could be 14 years. <laughs> and um, so it's, I don't, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like it's. Um, I don't want to presume way. to know if they were doing like the same uh, set, you know, as they were doing for us because well, we got the Malenko show. And then before that, you know, you've got not that many, like I, I, I saw the, um, uh, the gathering in 2016, so the 17th annual, you know, that was the year they did Wizard of the Hood with Twisted. Um, that was the last time that Dark Lotus performed because they, they fucking canceled the Juggalo Day uh, Dark Lotus Tales from the Lotus Bar performance. And I, wa- I wasn't able to I wasn't able to go to that. So um, the uh, the show itself. It wasn't a great Malenko show, right? It was all different songs from different cards, and it was they were playing stuff from sort of from Malenko onwards, really. Um, it wasn't just a full Malenko show. But they did like Assassins, Cherry Pie. Yeah, so they're giving they're giving you the works. They're giving you the hits, is what they're doing. There's a certain <laughs> certain songs that just play over well live. It sounds. Yeah. I want to know what other songs they played for you. Uh, oh, let me think. Do you, do you remember what they closed with? What was the last song? They they did uh, Fago Armageddon. They did. They basically said to us like, right, you go. We did VIP. 
I met him and stuff. That's where coming out, the guy, like the the runner for them, was like, right, when you hear Down with the Clown start, it's like, you'll know what Down with the Clown sounds like. I was like, I wouldn't be stood here if I didn't. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> and uh, he was like, right, well, once once you hear it start, he's like, go to the merch booth, meet the, the, the other runner there. It's like, meet this guy. He's going to bring you through the backstage area. And then once Pass Me By comes on for the last song, you're going to go up on stage and do Fago Armageddon. So nice. it was like a, a surreal moment doing that. Like for Pass Me By as well, because like Malenko's my favourite album and stuff. And there's sentence. Sent- oh, like, I'm so glad. Uh, out of all the of all the show closers, Pass Me By is my favorite. I I mean, it just it probably is because my first clown shows. That's what it was, and uh, you know, it's it, some powerful shit right there. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, I'm glad you're able to do VIP, and I'm glad you're able to see the wicked clowns after wanting to for 14 years. Fuck. It was worth it because, like, I had friend, my friends who were there, and they like, one of them was hugging me afterwards, like, "I'm so glad I got to be here for your first ICP show." <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a little. It gets a little uh, like, like it was you're a um, emotional. So, yeah, like you just woke up on the beach of a desert island. You're fucking glad to be alive and not alone, <laughs> and you know, and it's a little euphoric. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of amazing. I, we call that the dark carnival high. I mean, it it really is. Uh, you know, like I said in Dear Joe and Joey, it's like ecstasy, you know? Um, yeah. And and this was my description of it after only being a juggalo for, uh, I want to say, three, four years, you know? So it it's not it's not about how long you've been down. It's really about how much you uh, take it to heart. Um, yeah. There's a, lot of mu- there's a lot of bullshit out there that you can take to heart, you know? <laughs> Some of the music that people latch onto, I just roll my eyes. I don't, I don't see what they see in it. And I'm sure that there is more than enough people in the world that are rolling their eyes at Juggalos. I don't know what you guys see in it. Like, seriously, what the fuck? And, and that's when I say, well, just listen to Dear Joe and Joey, because that's my explanation of my reasons. You know, can't speak for everybody. Everybody is different. But I do appreciate you giving us a little insight on the mind of a UK juggalo. It's cool. There's more to go into. Like, there's stuff like you're saying before about going back to making friends. Like I've made friends over the years. We've had our own mini gatherings and stuff around the UK. Oh, so, well, that's what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. All right. So, like, so you guys already knew each other. The community existed. There's, there is a community, but then there's, there's more. There's like, Juggalos and stuff that were there for two, the 2003 show, then sort of Austin and Live now, and as they got older, they sort of, well, I'm not, in, I'm not as into them anymore because they've moved on taste-wise or family. And, but then sort of, oh, they're touring again. Like, I'll go and see them. And sort of that's it's brought them back in and they're on Facebook and groups going, so who was it I was talking to last night at the show, at this show or something? Like, I want to, I want to meet them again and all that sort of thing. So right, and they show up wearing their Bruno Mars t-shirts, and they're like, <laughs> what's up, guys? <laughs> uh, to be fair, I didn't see a Bruno Mars t-shirt the entire show, so. <laughs> well, I just wonder, like, what is what is a, a, a juggalo who, who kind of, like, le- falls away from the scene, you know, 15 years ago? What what does that juggalo go on to start listening to? Um, I'm not sure, really. 
I mean, it really, I guess it depends on what it is they liked about ICP in the first place. And I think yeah. for me, I was very much a metalhead as a, as a teenager. And, you know, the whole rap rock thing was not at all played out in 98 yeah. or, or, or 96 rather with the, with the chicken hunt and slaughterhouse mix, you know, yeah. my best friend, Tommy, Kind of like how I say in Dear Joe and Joey, like he he discovered ICP because he was watching uh, the music video on MTV, and you know it was playing on MTV, and but he but he turned on the TV halfway through it, so he didn't know who he was watching. So he's like he's why he's watching these crazy painted up like clowns dreadlocks. There's a fat one, a skinny one. There's a heavy guitar, and it's kind of hype. He was like. I think it's biohazard. He's like, yeah, I think it's biohazard. <laughs> you know? And then and then in the video comes to an end and finally it says who it is in the corner. And he's like, oh, insane clown posse. Who the fuck is that? He immediately went out and purchased the chicken hunt and slaughterhouse mix maxi single, the EP wow. that had uh didn't mean to kill him and the song Fabulous and uh and then you know chicken hunting cut like maybe an instrumental version and you know the acapella whatever you have like six songs on this little cd and that was his introduction to icp and when he heard the song i didn't mean to kill him that's when he fell in love with icp and bought all the albums he could carnival of carnage beverly kills you know ringmaster terror wheel and and the riddle box you know uh I don't think Tunnel of Love was out yet. So, but by the time he introduced me to the music, I had picked up Riddlebox, and and it wasn't until Great Malenko came out that that we picked that up, and we saw them live, and that is when the the spark was lit, and I and I went back and I bought all the all the previous music and. And just dove in head first, and and I haven't even come back up for air since. Honestly, there was a thing sort of going to uh, Dear Joe and Jerry, and it's like in your song where you're saying like at the end of the show ends up on the stage, right? And it was sort of it was like that for us doing VIP. I sort of stood there. I was like, this this is what like Beastmaster meant. Yeah, well, sort of, kind of. I mean, we ended up on the stage the old-fashioned way by crawling over the barricade, <laughs> and, you know. And and I tell you this, no lie, um, especially at my first couple of gatherings, two thousand one, two thousand two. I had long hair in two thousand one. Okay, I was in college. I'm at the gathering, and I fucking worked my way up to the front for ICP, and I'm in the fucking. Yeah front where i want to be i'm like i'm in fucking peoria illinois we drove seven hours to be here and i'm in the front with my long hair and juggalos just crawled over me and was ripping my hair out and to go and it was like it was like this ocean flowing over me and it, and i was just like get off me like what the fuck i it's i swear it's because i'm tall and so everyone's like oh you're tall let me get up on you and earn uh, and then someone's like oh yeah that's the way to go and then another person would do it and i'm like why am i why me guys and so i was like all right you know what fuck all of you i'm going on stage so i crawled up and went, went up on stage and then a minute later all of a sudden the lights flickered on the the stage was full of juggalos like yeah. shoulder to shoulder the, you know what i mean and 
they they tore the stage apart and somebody fucked it up and there was an electrical circuit broken and and you know they had to stop the show early they had to stop the show after like three songs and and then the the electricity went out alex abyss came out and was like trying to talk on the microphone say that's it show's over we have no power go home you know it was like a very like it was supposed to be the big finale and we only yeah. got three songs into it and then it's over. Very anticlimactic. That that's real talk. That happened in 2001. And so the next year. Like, uh, yeah. I was going to say, was it like um, Bart and Millhouse and Simpsons with Spout Tab? Like, They're only on for 20 minutes. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a bummer because the juggalos got too excited and they kind of ruined a good thing by rushing the stage too soon. The, you know, I think, you know, rushing the stage on the last song was kind of like an honored tradition and almost like an unofficial expected thing. ICP was never going to stop the show, but they probably did like have to duck out and leave because the, the show got, you know, and, and I think they were used to it, but not on the fucking the intro, not in the beginning of their set, you know? <laughs> They didn't have the security to stop the ninjas who were just being eager beavers. So yeah. in 2002, I'm sorry, uh, the, I always confuse them. Uh, 2001 was in Toledo, Ohio. Okay, that's where this happened. The next year was Peoria, Illinois. The way that they prevented that, and if your copy of The Wraith has the live footage from the gathering, which it's either that or it's the seminar, it's one of the two, right? Your bonus disc. Yeah. You, okay. Nice. So in that concert, I'm in the crowd there. Okay. I'm there. Uh, and when you're watching that show, watch who they got with them. They they have Sabu up there with a knife and he's stabbing Fago bottles yeah. and throwing them in, but he doesn't need that knife. He's actually up there to stop juggalos from rushing the stage and ending the show too soon. He's an intimidation factor. Because it was a problem in 2001, and it fucked up the show for everybody, you know? And I admit that I went up on stage. I was on the stage along with the culprits, but I didn't destroy anything. And I swear to God, I only did it because I was getting my hair ripped out. And it was like I was this stepping stool. So I was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to go up on stage. At least I won't be a ladder, you know, for everyone else that thinks that they can just crawl over me. Like, fuck out of here with that. So, so you're, giving, you're giving me new insight into that show, which I'm, I'm not going to watch it the same again. But even like the other day, I was sort of there thinking about it. More oh, he's it. just oh. looking. Sabu's just <laughs> looking. He's like, don't even think about it. He's like, see this knife? That could be your fucking torso. <laughs> it was, uh, I was thinking about the other day. I was like, why, why does he need an, and I, was like, I know he's Sabu in that, and that's what he does. But like, why does he need a knife on stage? And it's never sort of been... Never two and two never made four. It, it it was a genius move. It was really just a subtle like no 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 no. Slow your roll. Don't rush the stage. I don't even think they made an announcement. You know, and I I can't lie. I was worried. I'm like, oh please, don't let the same thing happen as last year. Fuck. I want to see. You know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that shit went down. Um, Good times, man. I, I mean, I definitely feel spoiled, um, and, I, and I don't mean to be greedy. I hope you get another clown show very soon. I really do. I hope ICP gets to tour internationally every year. You know, that would be great. It's, I'm hoping I can eventually make it over at some point. 
ring or something. That would be great, man. If you ever uh, if you ever want the time of visit, if there's a clown show in Worcester that you would like to attend, you're welcome to come over here and crash. You know what I mean? And uh, we'll go to a clown show. I'll, I'll take you out to. Uh, I mean, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a drive. It's like an hour and a half. You know, and I bitch about that every time. I'm like, what the fuck, no, I'm just... <laughs> No, I used to live really close to I used to live like 15 minutes away for like seven years. Yeah. It was pretty sweet when I was that close. Um, but a lot of people just get like hotels right in the area. And and even though it's like an hour and a half away, I don't want to drive an hour and a half after the show. So we, lately we've been getting a hotel room and a whole bunch of us have been chipping in and just crashing on the floor and um, and partying in the parking lot. And, you know. It's good times. It, it really is. It's like little mini, you know, mini little mini gatherings every time a, a show comes around because the juggalos make it that way. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, I need to. I do need to definitely say though. It's like getting like any sort of diet soda in the eyes fucking hurts <laughs> like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's not all fun and games. <laughs> and not only that, but you could get socked with a full two liter, and you know I they. Did. Nice. Well, congratulations. That's like a badge of honor right there, you know? Um, well, strangely, it it flew to, like they said to us in the VIP, whatever, they're like, whatever you do, don't throw full bottles off stage. Like, empty them a bit first and then throw them off. I'm like, yeah, 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 because they, they, they know if they don't tell you that, you know, a dozen fucking rockets are all coming out in the crowd at the same time. It's like, <laughs> and then you got like lawsuits, like coming in droves. Like <laughs> yeah. it was, for, I think it was like the, the third bottle they threw out for the, the, the show I was at and it hit me right in the head, like forehead, just bang. And it must have, it must have been full, but I'm sure I felt it sort of spray out because I, I grabbed hold of it. It was there like that. And it just sort of dropped into my arms. I was like, okay, I've got a three, three quarter bottle, two liter bottle of Coke or something here. And so I sort of looked at my brother next to me. He was still, he was hiding behind me. So I just went and fucking poured it over his head. <laughs> I, saw, yeah. I said to him, I was like, there's your ritual. And he's, he saw that, he was like loving it after that. And he sort of stopped hiding behind me. Yeah. Hey, look at that. I had an alarm set to remind myself. Uh, it wasn't to remind myself to wrap up this hangout, but it is going to, uh, you know, it, it signifies that this is coming to an end because I got somewhere to be tonight. Uh, I do want to ask you, can you show us uh, some of your spoils from the show? I, you, had, you, have, um, you have a couple of uh, ognographs, and I, I thought it would be cool if you did a little show and tell. Yeah, sure. I'll uh, just grab them now. I need to grab my lanyard. I got a lanyard as well. Give me one sec. Yeah, no doubt. In fact, um, I had uh, I had told him that I was going to show off my first ICP autographs, so I pulled them out, and I'll tell the story too. Uh, back in '99, and it was the Jekyll Brothers uh, Psychopathic Asylum in-store tour. They had Twisted with them, and they and this was when um, the Chaos Comic Books came out. The, the very first edition of Chaos Comics, ICP Comics, before the Pendulum series, the very first episode issue was called The Ups and Downs of the Wicked Clowns. And on the back of the comic book, you could cut off the strip, mail it in with your address and like $2 shipping, and they were going to send you an alternate cover of that comic book. 
So when that comic book came out, I mailed out for the special edition cover immediately. And it showed up in the mail the exact same day that ICP came to Massachusetts for the in-store. And I showed this to Violent J and Shaggy. And they had never seen it before. They were like, oh, my God. They're like, Jay thanked me for, for showing him this. Anyways, you got Jay's autograph here, Shaggy's here. And, you know, I've never coveted an ICP autograph ever since. It's like, nah, I got it. This is mine, and that's my story. And, you know, I, I've, I've got a couple others, but, you know, just because random in-stores that I've been to. But I've never had to – Never had to hound dog him for an autograph. Didn't even care that they were signing my banner at the Great Malenko VIP. I'm more, I, I was more interested in talking to them. And, you know, I found out that Jay has actually watched my Juggalo Gives College Speech on the Dark Carnival video. He actually watched that shit three months ago, and he told me. So that was pretty much like bucket list right there. But we didn't have enough time to talk about Dear Joe and Joey. So... I'm thinking about doing VIP on the Jekyll Brothers 20th anniversary tour in two years. Because um, honestly, I don't think I'm going to make it to next year's gathering. That's just me yeah. predicting that I'm probably not going to financially be able to do it. And I'm okay with it. I mean, I've been to a grip. I, I, don't, I don't have the fear of missing out like I used to. Used to fucking torture. You know, I know how fresh it is. And trust me, you go to your first gathering, it'll ruin you. Because then you're going to wish you were at all the others and it's, you're going to have that crippling feeling of, oh, nothing is as fresh as the gathering. My life sucks. <laughs> I want to die. To be fair, only, I'll go to one as long as you're there, TJ. So um, all right, well, we'll, we'll rendezvous. We'll rendezvous, you know what I mean? And yeah. it doesn't have to be a gathering, in my opinion, but gatherings are the dopest thing that, that you could possibly come to the United States for. But maybe a juggalo day. You know, I've never been to a Hallow Wicked, so if I ever go to Detroit for a Hallow Wicked, you know, I'll let you know, because if you want to come out for it, that would be a place to be, you know what I mean? I'd be yeah, just as much out of my element as you are, you know? Uh, you're like, what's up? I'm from Massachusetts. I'm in Detroit. Don't kill me, you know? <laughs> yeah, but then it may be like, I'm from, I'm from England. Don't kill me. <laughs> Take my watch. Nah, you, you're, you're dead meat, bro. You can't, I'm hiding behind you. <laughs> I, I you I got I got a UK shield when I'm in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, so let, say, let's see let's see those let's see those ognographs, bro. What you got? Yeah, What'd you well, show got, them? Uh, I'll show you the lanyard quickly. Got the VIP lanyard. Nice. So I'll, uh, it's just the same on the other side. And then I got down here. I got my great Malenko autographed, and I can. Oh, yeah. Now, I, it looks like only Shaggy signed that one. It does, but Jay signed it as well. I don't know if it'll come out well on the camera. Oh, Shaggy, he signed it with black. All right. Shaggy, Shaggy saw it and said, he's like, oh, I'll get my silver pen for this one. I was like, yeah, sweet. And I was chatting to him, and then like, Jay looks at him. He's like, oh, Green Malenko, cool, and he's signing black. And I even saw if Shaggy looked at him. He's like, what are you doing? It's like... I didn't want to say anything to him. Like, could you not go over it in silver? Like, I didn't want to be a dick about it or anything. Uh, true story. When when Twisted's Mirror Mirror came out, they did a in store 
so they were selling the CD and they were having, they were signing them and it was in this little record store in, in a town in Massachusetts. And so I went to it. ICP was there and uh, violent J actually left in in an ambulance. Like he had something wrong with him, and you know, this was back in 2002. So whatever he was, I don't know. I forget what actually was wrong with him, but anyways, he left. So, um, I ended up uh, not even seeing Jay because it was right before I got the, you know to the booth. Um, yeah. Anyway, point of the story is that they were signing uh, mirror mirror CD covers with black markers. Okay, I showed up with a silver pen. Okay, and I said, "Here, use this," and then they used it, and I said, "Keep it." And everybody after me in line got that fucking silver pen autograph. You're welcome. <laughs> You're fucking welcome. <laughs> yeah, true story. But um, out, man. so yeah, um, I'll show you as well. So I got my Rafe signed. Dope. So both the sort of fucking. No, they they, they signed like how many fucking CDs did they signed? You got like twenty autographs, bro. <laughs> I got like that's just the free. There's. Because I didn't realize in the, in the VIP there's like a bit hoodoo and light there and stuff. And I thought like, I said to hoodoo, like, if you knew you were here, I bought, I bought my passage CD. Not passage, yeah, asylum CD, even, sorry. Because I kind of would have bought that. He's like, oh, it's cool, man, don't worry about it. It's like, next time. It's like, yeah, you do it next time, man. He's like, I'll be here. He's like, he's like, I, he's like I know you ain't got my album. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. It's downstairs. You know, I felt like when, when I just saw them recently, they had Ari the Rugged Man with them. And yeah. now I've already got R.A. the Rugged Man's album. And uh, R.A. is good friends with someone I know who's from New York. And, and so he had him on tour and whatever, working his merch. Anyways, long story short, I, I'm saying that a lot today because I don't want to take up a lot of time. I still want to tell you this. I, I bought my buddy's hoodie. And I bought th- this chick was selling her CD as well with R.A. Because he brought her up on stage with him, you know. The name's yeah. pa- Psalm 1. So I bought her CD. You know, it's because R.A. turned me on to her. They did a song together. They have a music video that I, I like the song. I, I think she's good. She's good. And, and so I saw her perform a little bit. I thought she was good. So I go and I buy her CD, and I'm buying my buddy's hoodie. And, and R.A. was like, you, you know this is his, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I'm buying her CD. And he was like, all right. He just seemed a little peeved that I wasn't buying his stuff. You know, I was buying all these other people's stuff from his booth. But, but dude, I already got your album. So what do you want from me? I'm not buying another copy just to impress you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I was, um, I was looking, like, when Mushroom had been there, I was, like, looking. One, there was, like, changeover between sets. I was looking at the, the Mushroom had stole, like, their stuff. And the Mushroom had merch guy was, like, I was chatting to him briefly. And he's, like, he saw my Jason New jersey. He's, like, I want that jersey. He's, like... I was like, sorry? And he's like, he said, he said, oh, I nearly bought over all my stuff. I, I would have traded you for it. He's like, how low is like loads of crew stuff I could like traded you and stuff for it. He's like, I had it all packed up and ready. And then something in, in my head just went, no, I'll leave it. So he's like, I'm devastated I didn't bring it over. But he was like, really cool to talk to. Hell yeah. So, um, you know, uh, back in 2009, I I did a performance because I did a little bit of rapping for a couple of years. And I mean, you know, performing. And 
we we did this festival me and my my crew you know we we had the joint set where it was all of us sharing a slot so we all kind of did songs we were on together and um and we opened up for mushroom head wow yeah it was fun it was called uh, rock the ink and actually i ended up getting this dark lotus tattoo uh right after the performance and uh right before mushrooms head mushroom head set because it was like a tattoo convention with artwork and, and music, and yeah, it was a good time. That's cool, man. I think that was the first time I ever saw Beastmaster printed in like a local newspaper as a part of that promotion. <laughs> cool. I, I I can't lie, I got that I got that uh, that promotional you know flyer like framed you know on the wall because yeah. it's a good memory you know. Yeah, um, get, get got a dark lotus tattoo. Got to perform. At a festival, opening for Mushroom Head, you know, it wasn't that big a deal, but it was a fun time. Uh, and on that note, uh, I would definitely, definitely love to chop it up with you again in the future. You know, if yeah, uh, if you want to come back, we, if we got uh, something else that we can uh, talk about, that would be dope. But yeah. I'm gonna go catch uh, Justice League tonight. I'm gonna meet up with some homies and, and see a movie. So. Um, yeah, what time is it over there? What, what time is it? Uh, let's have a look. Uh, 10.40 p.m. Woof, you're in the future, my friends. It's only 5.40 <laughs> over here. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. Hey, thanks for joining me. This is Coxie the Legend, and uh, I'm going to put a link to your podcast in the description of the video. Um, if you guys don't know, uh, this guy is podcasting, and the name of it is... Lost Art of Podcasting. The Lost Art of Podcasting. You make it sound like it's like this, uh, I don't know, some sort of like kung fu, this martial art, you know, this, uh, <laughs> this, this, this art form that so many people try, but they fuck it up, and you're going to show us how to do it. It is that in a sense. Like I've, you said you've hit the nail on the head there because I've sort of trying to figure out how to describe it to people before and I know it's just like it's, it's just just listen to it and say it's like like a kung fu <laughs> people try and fail so I'm going to use that in future so. well <laughs> you know the, the first song on my album is called Graffiti and Kung Fu and I call it that because I used to take Kung Fu okay I, I actually am not a graffiti artist but it was a metaphor okay graffiti is truly kind of in its in its uh origins it's kind of like hip-hop you know it's it's an expression of art and kung fu technically is hard work and that that's what they that's what they told me in my in my kung fu class like that's the definition of kung fu it's hard work so i wanted to combine hip-hop and hard work but but i'm also a graphic designer so i was like graffiti is is perfect because i'm making rap music and so and then, and then the whole song is so abstract, it, it doesn't even make sense. So, um, But I'm done plugging my music, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to a juggalo from the U.K., so uh, big ups to you for uh, giving us your time. Um, everybody out there, check out The Lost Art of Podcasting. And, uh, and yeah, Coxie, thanks for joining, man. Well, thank you for having me on, TJ. It's a pleasure to finally actually talk to you after hearing. Yeah, you know, we have never actually spoken. Yeah, this is cool shit. Uh, We'll definitely get back on here sometime uh, in in early 2018. How about that? Definitely.
Definitely, yeah. Sound the plan. Sounds good. All right, man. Um, and everybody else watching, you know, uh, you guys are the shit. Check out carnivalspirits.com and always remember to fuck the fuck off, motherfuckers. Until next time. Oh, until uh, Monday when we do the drawing for the giveaway in the next giveaway. All right, peace the fuck out. Juggalos, can you hear me? Juggalo Gathering 2003. Dear Joe and Joey and anybody else listening to this, may I have your attention for a few minutes. The Beastmaster is my name. The North Shore Juggalo, Torleif James. Relax, this track has no strings attached. Compact disc with a list of side effects. Unless, of course, somehow it turns a profit, then you have to sure to sue me for it. Thoughts in my head needed a vehicle. Thoughts in my head barely conceivable. Needles and pins, it's all been a whirlwind. Don't know the ending so where do i begin circa 78 conceived in the blizzard as prophesized by a norwegian wizard 80s and 90s so desensitizing seeing all these guys dropping like flies in the blink of an eye i built a change inside i'm not gonna let this pass me by i learned from experience just trying to give a little back so listen up or get bitch slapped in 96 when i was 17 the browse house easter sunday wrestling tommy b enthusiastically introduced me to a little something something off the ring Box L. Curiosity cracked open carnival doors when Malenko dropped in and out of record stores. But this was nothing in comparison to witnessing a clown show in person. Ninja's vision of heaven in 97. Paradise, that Boston venue, had no clue what we were getting into. Dead center front row and no barricade. And at the end of the show, we ended up on the stage. And the clowns don't they go all over us. Walked out of there feeling like a million bucks. That adrenaline rush you only know if you know when you make that switch into a full-blown juggalo. Lupos, Avalon, Songus, Palladium All of a sudden, I couldn't get enough of it Had to fucking have it if it ran with a hatchet Every EP and Joker's card I could get Even hard to find tracks surfacing on the internet And Shockumentary was wicked ironic Cause we acted like it before we even saw it I'm not narrow-minded, never felt more alive And we all survived and chance Props to Twisted don't even get me started Batman raps, that's a whole nother seminar Kid inside of me, sick of reality Individual with a juggalo family Tommy B holding down the floor of the scene With the cut-rate crew ripping, know what I mean? Distance is nothing, unity means strength A carnival lifeline of infinite length In the meantime, we all just enjoying the ride Till we twist and spin to the other side All riled up, anticipating the six Trying our best to avoid pissing contests The man of hatchet gear that you own is irrelevant all you really need is clown love to represent Remember this at the merchandise booth You only got one life and your death is proof ICP, thank you For the Joker's cars, Lotus Pod And for this family of ours We drop everything for our gatherings No exaggerating, they're fresher than anything For the shows going down, rain or shine It's always raining, they go inside We roll with y'all because we believe The dark carnival is forever Like you said in 17 We're in this together the carnival gets me high like marijuana, ecstasy, beautiful like Rihanna, diamonds, all up in a piñata, hit them up if you want quick before you're a goner, think you gotta shine, take a look at the lives you changed with this carnival surprise, hell I gotta shine equally bright, swear to god I'm not lying, my shine's damn blinding, just a matter of time man. Mm-hmm.
Here the unveiling straight up gave us goosebumps And brother I promise you didn't trick us It's justified, ten years in one song Inside I know I knew it all along In this complex matrix of technology I don't need my Joker's card spelled out for me It's time we told you how great you are Our carnival unity always top priority I'ma be down, I'ma be down Down with the clown till I'm dead in the ground Look at my crystal ball, it's alright Sit back, evolve, and I'll be alright I'm chillin', I'm illin' With my guts all over the ceiling Home to the monsters, roam in the land I wanna come home, but you don't understand Why do we do the things that we do? Wicked rhymes, wicked times, you too Damn, I wish I could be a ninja, ninja Damn, I wish I could be a ninja, ninja How many souls will fall from the sky? How many souls were wondering why? We know you hate who we 